Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com don't forget ladies and gentlemen in the podcast description or podcast notes in your podcast app you can get access to all of our sponsors all of the products that we talk about in the podcast and contact information for paul and martin proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about? Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Um, with that, we'll start here with Martin and his <laughs> sissy bars. Uh, we are here with our first live guest on the Squared Away podcast, Eric Miller. I'll let uh, you introduce yourself, man. Uh, my name is Eric Miller. I've known uh, Martin uh, for about 11 years now. Uh, Martin asked me to come on the podcast and uh, and talk about some of my experiences uh, over the last probably decade or so uh, surrounding uh, triathlon and, and how triathlon has helped me uh, really evolve uh, from uh, from sort of a, uh, a mediocre, uh, out of shape person to a High functioning individual uh, that uh, really prioritizes uh, uh, health, uh, wellness, and uh, and mental acuity. So how many uh, Ironmans did you get to? I've done two full. Uh, the first one was in 2015. Uh, it was three and a half weeks before my wedding. Uh, so that was a, it was a hectic year. Um, uh, got through the training. Uh, it was a nine-month workup. Uh, both uh, 2015 and 2018, uh, Ironman Wisconsin were nine-month workups uh, to the race. Uh, it was a little 
uh, it was a blurry for me at the time, you know, wedding planning and training for, for a substantial races is that uh, it, it goes by quick and, you, and you're jam packing the schedule. Um, but uh, I've done uh Four a half Ironman, which are seventy point three distances. I've done two Olympic distances, and I think I've done two sprints uh, over the course uh, of of ten plus years. What's your favorite out of all those? It's a good question. Um, it depends uh, on what you define as favorite. I, I think uh, the full Ironman is a a challenge uh, that is not to be taken lightly, and that's why I like it so much. Uh, there's a, a substantial planning. And a lot of time that goes into uh, how to execute that race properly if you want to be successful. Um, I will say that the sprint, the Olympic distances require really no thinking at all uh, for a seasoned person who does triathlon. Uh, there's no nutrition really uh, to speak of because the races are so compact and short. They just really go out there and race and have a good day and have, a, have fun. Uh, you get up to the half Ironman and the half iron or the full iron distance. You're, 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 that's the, that's the serious time. You know, it's, you gotta, you gotta make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah. I just was looking up some, some statistics about the Ironman before we got here and like people die. Like it, it, it was, it was an article that I was reading that was basically like on average 50 year old first time Ironman die during the swim or after the swim. That was like the, the, the big thing. And it was like, holy shit. Like I, I it's a race, but it's intense. I believe it. You know, it, it, like I said, it's, uh, you know, we'll get into this downrange in the conversation, but I, I, I'm a true believer. Uh, you fight like you train. Uh, it's you got to put in the work. You got to put in the load on your body over for me, uh, you know, many, many weeks. There's a foundation phase. Then you have a uh, sort of a build phase. And then, you know, for a September race, which Ironman Wisconsin is, uh, you know, June and July and August are the quintessential dog days of summer. A lot of mileage. It's hot. You're miserable. You're uncomfortable. Um, and that's where the the fine tuning happens before you start to taper at the end of August. And then you go to race day, which is always the second week into September behind Labor Day. Oh, so why don't you uh, walk us through like how you mentally and physically prepare step by step leading up to uh, the triathlon through those phases? You know, it's, you know, so let me backtrack here. So for a September race, you're looking, you know, you're looking to get serious, probably for me, at least in my experience, November, uh, right around the, you know, the holidays, right? It's, <laughs> you know, you're eating uh, your, your family gatherings and, and, and things of that nature that that are encompassed and surround the holidays. That's when you really, for me, that's when you got to start thinking and planning and, and getting, you know, getting in the pool, uh, getting on your bike, uh, virtually because of the winters that we, that we experience here in, in, in you know, in, in Southern Wisconsin, Northern Illinois. Well, you don't Goggins it. What's that? You don't Goggins it. You know, I'm not out there. I'm a triathlon <laughs> bike in three feet of snow. You know, I know yeah, David Goggins, he might be, uh, he might be out there in a fat tire bike trying to do 200 miles. And it's just, I don't know. I don't, I think I'd die. <laughs> he's a different human. In a, a snowbank somewhere. Yeah. He's, a, he's a different human being yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't even count right right um so yeah so you know uh it's just getting into a some sort of a rhythm early right so when the weather does turn which can you know hell in, in wisconsin it could be it could be february or it could be june right you just don't know the season's very here so yeah. much especially you know over the last few years uh but when when it's time you know to get outside and the weather is is consistently good enough where you can get outside and train that's you want to be ready for that. So it's very crucial 
in my humble opinion, I'm just an everyday Jack, right? I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not a professional triathlete by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, once April, May comes, you're ready to go, you're outside and uh, you're putting the miles in, right? And it's, it's staggered. You're not, you're not going from, you know, the holidays to, uh, you know, cycling 70, 80 miles at a crack, putting three, 4,000 meters on your body in the pool, going running 13, 14, 15 miles at a crack. It's a steady, gradual progression. And that's, uh, to get you to the month of June where you're going to really load it on for three months. So that would be about, what, 12 weeks. Uh, and then so you're ready for race day, right? You, the, the goal is to peak, you know, right around September 1 is when you want to be right at the top. And then uh, you taper, you relax, you go and do the race, and then you're done. So how many times do you actually run through the whole thing prior to the actual race? Never. Never. I've never done – no, I've never done – so – it's a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. Um, I've never in training swam the full 2.4, cycled the whole 112, or run the whole 26.2. I get to about uh, 100 miles on the bike, probably 35 to 3,600 meters in the pool, and probably top out at about 20, 21 miles on the run. Um, I do that for a couple of reasons. One, to avoid injury, um, you know, by by the time you get to to August, there's been a lot of miles. The accumulation of miles on your body from August to the pre you know previous November is is substantial, right? So you don't you know I don't see a need. Again, this is my opinion to go the full distance in training. Uh, if you can get to 100 miles, and if you can get to 35, 3600 meters in the pool. And then you're running 21 miles. You can suck it up and get the last bit in the actual race, right? And you're gonna have you know in training you don't count things for adrenaline, and you know there's really it's hard to get up for training, right? But when you're in the race and you're in the thick of it, I mean you're you're, you're locked in. So um, I've never gone the full distances in training, and you know if I decide to do another full Ironman, which I'm severely contemplating uh, soon. Uh, for reasons we'll get into in a little bit later, uh, you know, I, I think I'll stick to that methodology. With so I am not a distance guy. I'm not. I lift a lot of weights, short sure. amounts. That's it. Know. Yeah, I, I am swimming. Mind you, our pool I think is 50 meters down and back, and halfway back on the lap, I'm like I'm dead. So I'm not a good swimmer. <laughs> but. I've seen a lot of people that that have kind of recorded their thought process while they're running distance, while they're riding distance. And it's kind of this, and I deal with it too, it's kind of what I see is this kind of like argument with yourself. Like, come on, you're like, you're good. You, you've, you've gone far enough. You've done this. Do you, do you just shut that off or does that just come up and you just keep arguing with it or do you just not even experience that? Like in a training, so if I'm like in, in a the training, pool, yep, like if, yep, I'm, if, yep. I, if I'm in the pool, um, and we'll get into this now. Uh, I hold myself accountable because I think I have the most to learn and to in, and to improve in the pool. Um, my wife will tell you that um, I, I've been really focused on the pool as of late. I'm really got my stroke to a point where um, I, it's it's vastly improved from when I started in 2010. Uh, how I do that is this: um, 
it's it's quality over quantity. I've I've it's taken me a few years to learn that, um, but that doesn't come without hard work. And what I mean by that is is I will so further. I was in the pool on Tuesday, I believe. I did a sixteen hundred meter set, not very long, uh, and it was a progression. So I did my warm up, which is about a thousand meters, and then I do uh, two hundred fifty meters, and then I work my way down two fifty, two hundred, one fifty, one hundred fifty, and then back up right. So at the 250 meters is the main set. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, all right, what's my time per 100? 154, I believe it was, right? All right, so I work my way down. I get faster as you get shorter distances, but when you wake, work your way back up, at the last 250, I want to be at 154 per 100, if I am not. So I get to that set, and I'm like, all right, here's the last 250. If I do not manage 154 per 100, I have to sit in this pool for another 250 meters. And it's very hard to do that. Um, it's You have a competition with yourself. Um, and if you don't hit that threshold, if you don't hit that, uh, uh, basically that time that you're set for yourself, you're going to punish yourself. So instead of swimming 1600, well, now I got to swim 1850 because I didn't meet the standard on that last set. Uh, thankfully, on Tuesday, I was at 153 per 100, so I was good, right? There are many times where I'd be at 156 or 157 because I'm either when I'm I'm tired, I didn't sleep well the night before. You you can name a thousand reasons, right? And it's very hard to hold yourself accountable if you don't meet the standard in that last 250. So you got to you got to sit your ass in that pool again and do the 250 again because you didn't meet the standard. A lot of people can't do that. They can't hold themselves accountable. And uh, in my experience. Uh, that teaches you one thing, right? Do it right the first time, right? So, um, if you don't hit the 250 uh, on the you know on the on the way back up the first time, you know you didn't meet the standard, so you didn't do things right the first time. You know, have the attention to detail. Make sure you know you know what you have to do. Just go out and do it, right? Um, and then that way, if you don't meet the standard, you got to do the extra 250. Well, then guess what? I'm gonna damn sure next time I max swim set, I'm, I don't want to do the last 250. It's hard. You know, I'm tired, but try doing that on like a 3000 set or a 3500 meter set. We've been in the pool for an hour and a half. That sucks. I think the thing that you that you said there that so many people miss is just the initial setup of what you're looking to do. You're, you're holding yourself accountable, but you have to have the initial setup of what you're holding yourself accountable to. It's not like, OK, I'm going to run, you know, five miles today. And if I don't make it, I'm going to run another five miles, right? Like right. It's like, I'm going to run five miles a day. And if you have no preset punishment in your mind, it's really easy to get to like four miles and be like, you know what? I'm good. Versus if you set that up prior to like, I'm going to run five. And if I don't run five, if I quit, I'm coming back here and I'm running another fucking five. Right. And that I will say, I think that is one of the biggest things that is lacking for people is just setting up the pre-punishment. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. you're not going to, you're not going to punish yourself when you're in that, when you're in that, like, I want to quit mentality. You're not going to set up a punishment then. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know, Martin's experience, uh, especially uh, with, with his military experience, you know, uh, I was never, uh, I was never the, of, of the no quit ethos, right? Uh, getting to know Martin and 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 what he's done um, uh, in a prior life, uh, and uh, just uh, looking at other people who have been successful not only in sport but in life and career, 
Um, you, you you never quit. It's you got to do whatever it takes, and 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 if it takes punishing yourself because you didn't meet the standard on whatever set, swim, bike, or run, or uh, you didn't meet a presentation deadline or what have you. I mean, you got to hold yourself accountable, and I think that's, in my humble opinion, uh, part of the problem today in society as as a whole. Right? There's there's just the accountability is lacking, and I I think that's a shame. I think it's sad, um, but uh, all I can really do is is just you know make sure that I hold myself accountable uh, and make sure that I do things right and try to do them right the first time. And if not, no, there's a consequence, right? Yeah, like what you said about uh, quality, because that's really big. I mean, when I'm in a weight room, it's easy to see people that just follow a program, right? Right. And they just follow the program and get it done and go through the motions. Well, then you don't see a lot of results. Right. But if you really hold yourself to that quality, then it's like even in the gym, it's like if you do the five sets in your program or the build up to it or seven sets, and if the quality sucked, guess what? You know, hey, that sucked. I'm gonna give myself you know three more sets on top of that until right. I get it right. Right. You know, which I think uh, that's what people have to learn to get past the you know all the new fad workouts that come out because they just follow whatever they tell them right, right. <laughs> and there's no one that they don't get the 100 percent results right so I, I think it's i mean you guys lift you know lift you guys lift weights right you're, you're in the gym uh my wife is transitioned from triathlon to, to crossfit uh i haven't you know i still do triathlon um but i think it's very important uh to have a malleable schedule right if you say paul goes in the gym one day and he just you know, he doesn't hit the weight, you know, maybe dial it back, but get, like you said, get the quality right. You know, make sure the form is good. Make sure, you know, you have that attention to detail. If you do that, I can assure you he's going to come back um, in in a day or two or whatever his recovery schedule is, and he's going to hit it hard and he's going to knock it out of the park, right? It's, yeah. you know, the, the, the quality over quantity uh, is 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 more glaring, I think, in triathlon, especially if a workup to, tri- to, to an Ironman because the load in the latter part of the training is so much and it's it, it's substantial that um, sometimes you have to take a, a step back and be like, all right, am, I want to do this right. Maybe I don't, you know, if, if I can get 75 quality, good miles in on my bike instead of 85 terrible ones, I will take the 75 good, solid miles every single day of the week and twice on Sunday every time. Yeah. No, I'll take uh, Paul seriously about the swimming because he's converting to swimming all of a sudden. <laughs> I'll take him seriously when he gets the, the head condom. It's, and then take a picture of that and put on my I was, I was with goggles. The, I, I was in the fucking pool this week. Excuse my language. I was in the pool this weekend, I, and I swim like mm, somebody that's probably dying. And I'm so slow. But I'm but I but I push myself. I keep I I'm I'm learning, right? Like I've never been a distance swimmer. I've always been able to swim like to save my life, but I've never been I've never been classically trained, right? So I'm 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 still learning. I'm learning the breathing, I'm learning everything. Learning to calm down and be efficient so that I'm not using all my oxygen. And there's a guy on the next lane that is just constantly down, full flip, back. Full flip back. I don't I was in the pool for half an hour and he never stopped. And I'm legitimately stopping on the back half of every lap. I'm like, this is insane. Like that guy is the most efficient human being I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but swimming is a totally different beast. Like it is. I will jump, I'll jump on a stair machine, which sucks. Stair machines are awful. I will jump on a stairs and I'll do 30 hard minutes where I'm almost dead, but mm-hmm. I'm fine mm-hmm. in the pool. I'm like, man, good thing this pool gets shallow as I'm coming back on this lap because I might die if it was nine <laughs> feet deep the whole way through. 
You know, the funny thing is, is I can relate to everything you just said. And, and here's why. I've been where you are. I'm self-taught. Um, I, I swam as a kid. Uh, well, I don't know if you call it swimming, uh, maybe frolicking in the pool would be more like it. Um, but I, I didn't know how to competitively swim freestyle when I started in 2010. Um, I'll give you a quick story here before I move on. The reason, the, uh, the way how I learned is, is I joined a gym uh, when I decided I wanted to get in triathlon. Uh, Wisconsin, not at Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin Athletic Club, uh, which is on Port Road and Good Hope Road. I'm, I'm from Milwaukee, so um, it, it's over there. Um, and uh, my buddy who got me into triathlon, Jeremy Jeremy Angle, uh, who's been Ironman World Championships uh, in, in Kona, Hawaii. Um, he he took me to the pool. And it was like one of my first workouts ever. And he put me in the pool. It's a 25-yard pool. So 50 yards down and back. He's like, all right, I want you to swim and then come back. So I did it. I came back. I was totally gassed. He said, do it again. 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 And then afterwards, he said, do it again. I get out of the pool. I'm a complete soup sandwich, right? I, I mean, I, I can't even breathe. I can't even move. I can't even walk. But that set the foundation. I'm like, all right, well... That was a reality check, right? And then it just sort of built from there. I mean, that's really the, the, the amount of swimming instruction that I've had uh, in my 10 years. Um, and uh, uh, But I was thankful he did that to me. It was just like basically baptism by fire. Get in the pool and figure it out, right? That's so I can, I can relate. Keep at it. It's going to take you a few months. If you're consistent with it, though, it's like with anything else in yep. life, right? Yep. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get it and you'll find your stride. Will it become Michael Phelps? Probably not. No. Uh, right. Exactly. Right. We all have our, our skill set, but you will be a competent swimmer in the water. And swimming is a great recovery exercise, especially for you guys who like to pound the weights. It gets the pound, you know, the load off your body and your, you know, um, your horizontal going through the water. It's just a good recovery activity for you guys. And, you're, you know, it's active recovery. You're getting the heart rate up a little bit. You're moving. So uh, just I would just recommend to keep with it. Don't quit on it. Um, and you're learning something new. Right. It's yeah. always fun. Yeah. Speaking of recovery, what does recovery look like throughout, right? Because I'm sure recovery is way different when you're in the middle of August oh, versus yeah. May. Well, uh, I mean, the, the recoveries are uh, – so in the work up to 2015, I took one day off. So six days on, one day off. I believe I staggered the day off depending on how I felt. Okay. I was a little bit younger back then. You know, it was six years ago. Uh, in 2018 – I took a risk in two days off uh, and it would be one at the front end, front end of the week and one at the back end. So maybe like, I don't know, I would take maybe like a Friday off and then maybe like a, a the following Thursday, keep them as far apart away. And when I mean off, I'm, I'm like, take the dog for a three mile walk. That's off, right? Active recovery, keep the muscles moving keep things going. Just don't completely shut it down. You're just not pounding away on the run. You're not, pedaling feverishly on the bike and you're not rotating your arms feverishly through the water in a pool for, you know, hours on end. Um, uh, you get into August, you're talking, you know, Betsy will, will, will my wife will, will, will attest to this ice baths. You got to cool down your body. It's hot. It's 90, 95 degrees. Um, you know, you just really have to keep everything, you know, pretty malleable. Stretching is, is, is a big component to what we do. Uh, I have a slant board that I have in my house for, for Achilles and calf that I get on for at least 15 or 20 minutes a day, even right now where I'm just sort of in an interim 
period where I'm just sort of dabbling in just some sort of a training schedule, right? I don't, right now I don't have a training schedule, but I'm just, you know, st- you know I, I got to stretch more. You know, and my wife pounds on me constantly that I do not stretch enough. And she's absolutely right. Um, I, I'm just, I'm the most un, unflexible is that the is that the word I'm saying? Yeah, unflexible. Believe, I yeah. believe that's the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. unflexible tight, person. Yeah, tight. tight. Yeah, there we go. Tight. For, yeah, for, well, you know, we'll put it in layman's terms. I am tight, and that's a problem. You know, you need to be have the the muscles and the tendons elongated for for all the load that you put on. So, uh, but it's. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a labor of love. You got to take care of your body, right? It's uh, otherwise you'll never last. You know, some a lot of guys can work up to an Ironman in four or five months, no problem. I know dudes who do it. You know, I know gals who do it. Me, I'm not athletic in the least. I need to work twice as hard as the other person just to be, you know, in the middle of the pack, right? And I don't mind that. I think it builds character. I think it, you know, I think it, uh, you know, it, it, it's humbling. Yeah, but uh, that, it's just the reality of the situation, right? I'm not a superstar athlete by any stretch of the imagination. So that way I need to work harder and I need a longer workup. So it's, you know, more recovery time and then more workouts. So so you're talking about, uh, you know, being the average show, right? Yeah. So what the heck got you through the – so I, I saw you in the last triathlon mm. and you were hurt. You're talking about Ironman Wisconsin 2018? Yeah. Yeah. And you were hurt coming out of the water. So no, yeah. I wasn't out of the uh, – maybe I don't remember out of the water – I was off the off the bike, so I don't know if you saw me. Maybe I don't know. This is your I, back. Yeah, was, yeah, my lower back. Uh, so I'm going to try to be as thorough and and, and accurate as I can. Um, this is the first time, by the way, I'm talking about it. I've really never talked about it publicly, really, to anybody or privately, for that matter. Um, uh, so let me backtrack a little bit. 2015. I get get through the race, do it in 14 and some change, 14 hours and some change. Uh, and I'm like, as soon as I got done with the race, I was like, wow, I just did that. Was it a was it a fluke? Was it luck? Did I just do this, all this work, complete the race, and was I lucky to finish? Did I have, you know, was luck on my side? That bothered me. I lost a lot of sleep over overthinking that. I don't know why I thought that. So 2018, I went right back in because like I got to validate this. All right, so I want to beat the time from 2015. That was the ultimate goal. I wanted to be in the mid 13s. I thought it was very attainable for me. I get out of the water. I had a bad swim. Swim in 2015 was an hour and 16 minutes. Swim in 2018 was an hour and 31. I got in the wrong line, got, got got caught up in some wash. It was just a slow swim for me. So maybe when you saw me get out of the water, I was I was pissed. I was mad. Yeah. I was very mad. I sprinted up to Helix. I was so mad. And if you know, if you're if you're familiar with Madison, uh, the transition area is in, in a Helix, uh, in a parking garage, the Frank Lake Wright area. So you gotta go up into the transition area. I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna pound this bike out. I was like, I don't care. I, I'm Basically said to myself, well, I'm going to go for broke here. And I did. I mean, I had a, I had a tremendous bike on that day. Um, uh, there's a picture of me on, on my social media. I think, uh, I think Betsy's mom took it. I have my mile 90 and I'm like giving the thumbs up. Like I'm, I'm going like probably 19, 20 miles an hour and I'm giving the thumbs up on a, on a straightaway in the backside of the course there. I get into transition. I get off, I get off my bike and I'm like, boy, oh boy, is my lower back just, I don't know if it was sore, just didn't feel right. I'm like, oh man, maybe I maybe I spent too much capital on the bike. 
I get to mile four over by the coal center and uh, I just, just locked it, just locked up. It was tight. Uh, and uh, it was, um, it was painful. Uh, it was humbling. Uh, and that moment I knew I wasn't going to beat my time for, for, for 2015. And that, uh, you know, it, it, it crushed the soul a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It really did. Cause that's why I was out there. Uh, but I will say I never thought about quitting ever. Uh, it was a no fail mission for me to get through that race. So now I sort of run through the mental checklist. I'm like, all right, well, I really can't bend over. I really can't hinge from my hips. My lower back feels like I have a vice grip on it. Uh, how do I, how do I get through this race? So at mile four, you got 22 miles. You got to pound out on your feet to finish the race. Right. So uh, I, I walked probably for about a half a mile. Uh, I, I hit the aid stations uh, walking, uh, but I was sort of able to do like a walk run until about mile, I'm going to say 13 or 14. And then it was a dead walk uh, from mile 14 to mile 26.2. Uh I, I will say this. I had a conversation with someone probably about three or four months after the race and like, well, well, how was that experience for you? I was like, well, to be honest, it was probably the most lonely time in my entire life is because you're out there by yourself. No one's coming to get you. You're, you're on your own, right? You're out there. Uh, there's 2,000 other athletes that are blown by me running. I'm walking. Uh, I'm in, I would say, a moderate amount of discomfort. Um, and uh, you're just lonely. You're out there and you're just like, boy, does this suck. Uh, and I'm ashamed to really say that I started to feel sorry for myself. And I, I don't like to admit that, but I'll admit that. Um, uh, I've never felt that way before. Um, but it's just the reality of the situation. Um, but really with the, the growth and, and, the, and the development as a person from 2010 to, to 2018 to that, that point was that I never thought about quitting ever. Quitting was never an option no matter. I was either going to get through the shoot. On time, which is under 17 hours, or I was going to die on the race course. I mean, there was really no, it was either, you know, if or or type situation. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people aren't, you know, it, 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 I wasn't born that way, right? I sort of developed into that kind of person. But I made it, you know, after I got done with the race and and, and I was hobbling around and, you know, uh, you know, I, I remember my sister was there and she was just like, she, I, 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 was, I was sort of like, crying to her. I'm just like, I'm really, cause she was out there. It was like nine o'clock at night. I was like, I'm so sorry. I tried to get done as quick. I know you have to go back to Chicago. <laughs> I felt so bad for her cause she's out there spectating till the bitter end, you know, wondering if I'm going to make it or not. But I guess the moral of the story is this. And, and I think you gentlemen will agree with me is that your mind will quit far before your body will. And that's something that I've learned over a few occasions in my life. And I think that uh, for anyone who is thinking about attempting, whether it be an Ironman or hell, even a 5K, you got to remember you have to stick with your plan. And when you get in the mud and you get in the crap and things are falling apart around you, you just got to stay the course, right? Um, you know, I'm, you know, my mind uh, never quit. And I attribute uh, the finishing of the race to me making it through uh uh, to the end there. And that's why I was able to finish because I knew uh, I had a plan 
I sort of self-checked and sort of self-diagnosed my body as the miles went on uh, and didn't think about quitting because I didn't let my mind allow me to quit. And that's sort of the, you know, the, the crux of, you know, what happened that day. And, um, um, you know, I'm just an average guy, right? I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not a self-help expert. I, I, I just, you know, uh, I, I just, you know, I don't believe in mediocrity. I think mediocrity is poison and I try to help hold myself to a higher standard and, um, quitting would have been mediocrity at best. So I love what you said there. Like I wasn't born I wasn't born with this mindset. Like it, no. it developed. And no, that's no. what I think that people need to understand is like, you don't just turn it on one day and you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I've got this mindset. I'm never quitting again. Like that's, that's not how it fucking works. You no. don't, you don't set out to run a hundred miles and then, and, and just do it. You start with small challenges and you overcome small challenges. And these are these little, these little steps that you take and, and you challenge yourself and you, and you get to that point where you want to quit and then you don't. And then that's like a little feather in your hat. And then the next time that you get to that point where you really want to fucking quit and it's really dirty and it's muddy and you're talking yourself out of it in your mind and you got something on this shoulder that's like, Hey man, you, you're good. Like you did this, you can quit. And then you go over here. You're like, no, fuck you. I'm not quitting. Right. And then that's another feather in your hat. And it takes time to go through those challenges. But if you never put yourself in the place of those challenges, you never really figure out what you could do or what you could accomplish. I agree. You're, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head there. You got to put yourself in a spot where you have to perform. It's either you perform or you're a turd and you quit. I mean, there's really no gray area for me, right? Um, and you, But you have to put yourself out there. And like I said, you don't have to do an Ironman. Maybe it's walking to your mailbox and back. Maybe it's walking a mile with your dog. Maybe it's taking your kids to the park that's a mile away. So driving the car, maybe you walk there. You know, it's just... Little victories, right? You know, and do things with purpose and 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 make sure that you hold yourself accountable, right? It all goes back to that accountability. Um, but yeah, it's it's for me, it's been a development of the mind over ten plus years uh, to 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 see where I was and where I've come. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's been quite a progression. And uh, but I'm not done. I mean, here we're talking about one particular race. On one September day in 2018, I mean, that was 2018. That's three years ago, right? I mean, I, I, I learned some lessons, some tough ones, and I and I apply it to my my everyday life. You know, um, relationships, uh, personal and both professional. You know, your career, um, everything for me that I've learned in triathlon, and maybe this is probably why I got into it. It's is translatable, right? Um, for you know, you, you learn some things, you know. And then you can apply them elsewhere, right? And that it helps to do that because it puts it into perspective. You know, it's just like, all right, well, I'm not riding an Ironman today, but, you know, I got this huge presentation and, you know, I better suck it up and perform, right? Otherwise, you know, it's, you know, you're a complete turd. You don't want to do that. So. Yeah, I like what you said. I mean, everybody is an average guy, average gal. You know, uh, I've seen the best athletes fail, you know, mentally. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you look at a guy, I mean, we look at extreme guys like Goggins, you know, but he will be the first to say that, you know, he's an average guy. He'll admit that. So it's just getting past what we've talked about before, getting past that 40% where everybody quits or everybody makes excuses and then fall into comfortability. Right. So we talk about you never just sit in one spot. You're either going to get comfortable or you're going to keep challenging yourself. You know, which seat are you going to pick? 
Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know, and, and, and like I said, the train, you know, the training and, and, and the workups and, you know, those are just as important, right? I mean, yep. Many triathletes will say, if you can make it through an Ironman block training block, that's a feat within itself, right? The race is just an add on. It's, it's, it's a, it's a long training day. Um, in 2018, and it was probably about about a month and a half before the race, I had a 90 mile ride. I'm at mile 88, and I get heat stroke. I totally mismanaged my my fluid intake. Uh, it was one of those weird mornings, right, where it was like 74 at like five six o'clock in the morning, and but the heat just ratcheted up far more. We've all seen it, especially you know where we live, far quickly than I thought. I was like far more quickly than I thought, and I was like, man, oh man. Well, I got to mile 88 and a half. I got the black spots. You know, that's that's severe dehydration. That's heat stroke. Uh, you know, I'm on a I'm on a, a fairly expensive triathlon rig that I don't want to turn into the ditch and wreck and fall off of. And I got you know I'm in clips, obviously, in my bike shoes. Uh, so I managed to really pull to the side of the road. Um, you know, my wife's at a pool. You know, hanging out with her friends, I call her. I'm like, She's "Hey, relaxing. you got to come get me." <laughs> thankfully, I, thankfully, I was I was literally a mile and a half from the car, right? Um, and she came and got me, but it was that was a scary time for me, right? You pull over the side of the road, you're like, all right, what's my birthday? What day is it? What time is it? Um, you know, uh, you know, what's you know, what's my name? That you sort of run through the mental checklist so you're not completely out of it, right? Um uh, but uh I will say this, and I think, you know, how I felt that night is a is evidence of mental progression because I didn't finish that mile and I was a mile and a half from my car. I probably could have hit a driver to my car, right? And if you're familiar with golf, I was so close and I didn't make it. And I was like, I had 90 miles. I did 88 and a half. Boy, that pisses me off. That I, I, I that, that really got my craw for a, a couple days. I'm like, you know, even though it was a legitimate reason why I stopped, why I stopped, right? But still, but I think if it's better to be that way. Now, is that, un, is that irrational? Yes. Yes, it is. I think you don't ever want to injure yourself in training uh, to the point where, you know, you're breaking arms and legs and clavicles because you fell off your bike because you just you blacked out. Right. Um, But I think it's better to have that perspective on training and, and life. You know, if you can take it right up to the edge. And then maybe the next time you can you can make it the next mile and a half, right? Because maybe you can suck it up and be like, all right, well, maybe I can manage this a little bit better and I can get to my car when my car is parked because I've gone, I've been here before and I can just make it that little extra. It's right. It's always moving the goalpost as your ability, you know, with your ability, with your perceived ability, right? Uh, in the toughest of times. So, um, and I think, you know, I, I remember that moment, you know, when my back tightened up or, 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 or locked up or, or gave out or whatever you want to call it. In the race, I, 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 I referenced that moment in my mind as I'm walking at mile like 17 or 18. It's pitch black out on the lakeshore path over my Lake Mendota. And, you know, and it's just, you know, I, you know, I sort of remembered that time like, all right, well, you made it through that. Now you got to make it through this, you know, and it's going to be something more difficult down the range, right? There'll be something else will happen. You know, you have to, but you always have to go back to those memories and basically say, well, I put myself in these positions before. I can do it again, you know, and that's how you grow and that's how you, you know, build upon your, build upon your foundation and, you know, you keep moving forward. 
What does uh, nutrition and supplementation look like during that time? Because that's, I mean, it's got to be 20,000 calories that you're burning during a Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I, I didn't look, uh, I didn't look at my notes from 2018 uh, before, before I came here, uh, but it's, it's substantial, right? Uh, eating is important. Drinking is equally, if not more important. Uh Thankfully, both Ironmans that I've done in Wisconsin September have been picture perfect days. We're talking, I think, low 70s. There was some sun. I mean, you, you, ideally, you want clouds, right? But there was no rain. There was no precipitation. Uh, the wind uh, was a little up in 2018. There was virtually no wind in 2015. Um, so pretty, I mean, pretty picture perfect days as far as weather, right? So under those conditions, for me, you're probably drinking a bottle of of water, and then I have another bottle with nutrition, so like electrolytes, something with some sustenance in it, uh, probably every hour. On a hot day, full bottle, probably every half hour to 45 minutes. You gotta keep the fluids in. You know, you wanna be going to the bathroom during your bike ride, because if you're not, that means you're you're at a hydration level that is insufficient, and you will pay. If you won't pay on the bike, you will certainly pay on the run. And to the point, what I mean by you'll pay is you may not finish because you can't freaking move. So um, cramps and, you know, everything that comes along with dehydration, um, you know, you don't want to experience that. So, um, you know, there's bars that, that I've, that I've you know, you're, you, I constantly fidget with it, right? I mean, different, you know, you want something ideally doesn't upset your stomach that's sort of, you know, you know, it, you know natural, as natural as you can, right? Not a lot of junk in it. Um, but, uh, I mean, I see people eating like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches out there, right? The, you know, beef jerky, you know, something that's just high in protein. It's got some salt in there. So they're going to retain a little bit of water, um, help them with their fluids. So, I mean, you see a whole bunch of stuff in the amateur tri- triathlon, you know, community as far as nutrition. But, I um, mean, there's gels. Um, uh, there's other gels that are that are better on the stomach than others just because of, you know, the sugar content, what's what's in them. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a constant management, right? That's what makes Ironman the distance so challenging for someone, you know, like me who is just out there trying to, you know, trying to do the best that they can is because you have to manage a whole subset of nutrition over a long period, 14 plus hours on your feet is uh, is a long day. It's a long, long day. So if you can manage your nutrition properly, you're going to have a decent day out barring anything happens outside of if with you physically. Right. What about leading up to it during training? Uh, as far as, uh, you know, as far as meals, yeah. yeah. Oh, heavy protein, big protein, carbs. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, a lot of pasta, um, especially on heavy training days when you're going to go when, so, you know, say on Saturday, Sunday was my long bike ride day, both in 2018 and 2015, the workups Sundays were anywhere between, you know, early on 40 and at the, at the end, a hundred miles Saturday evening, you're having, you know, I'm having pasta with, you know, tomato sauce, maybe some, you know, bolognese, maybe, you know, a chicken on top of that, chicken breast on top of that. Yeah. You got to really make sure that because you're, you know, you're expending so many calories over the course of a training day or a race for that matter that you got to replenish. If you don't replenish, you don't want to be in a deficit really. And it's, you know, with the weightlifting, it's sort of the same thing, right? You know, I mean, you you guys are shorter, you know, shorter bursts, heavy load, uh, where ours is elongated out. Um, but it's sort of the same concept. You got to have, you know, you could do a hard lift. How long is a hard lift for you? An hour? Hour, yeah. Hour, yeah. So yeah. 
but it's hard. Yeah. It's full throttle. Yeah. The heart rate is up. Yeah. So after you get done, what do you do, right? What's the first thing you're going to do? You got to put stuff back in, yeah. right? So you're not... You know, because you work out in the morning. Yep. Yeah. So you got to go to you, know, you got to go to work afterwards, yep. right? You know, you don't want to make it till like eleven o'clock or noon. And you're like, man, I can't even move. Yeah. Because I, you know, I just didn't replenish enough, and I've done that many times, right? You know, and it's just uh, you just got to make sure that you're at an equilibrium as far as you know, calories in, calories out. Except when you're this old, I got to go into deficit. <laughs> It freaking fat. <laughs> yeah. The love, the love handles, sure. the love handles start peeking out. Yeah. You know. Like, oh, no, I'm that. just, I'm, it's, this is recovery food right here. This is recovery food. We, I mean, we got to mention ice cream, right? Like we haven't talked about ice cream yet. Yeah, this podcast, and that's like this, every yeah. fucking podcast. We talk about ice cream because we're from Wisconsin. So. Right. Well, you know, my, my wife is an avid fan of ice cream. She loves ice cream. She, it's, uh, she's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, we, we sort of have a deal where we go, well, like either a Saturday evening or Sunday evening, we get the ice cream. Right. But when you have the ice cream, I'm like, all right, man, I better have a big one tomorrow because it's a big workout because <laughs> I'm putting this, I'm putting this in my body. You, know, you sort of feel guilty about it. Right. Especially but, like you go to Culver's and get like a concrete mixer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's like, that's 750 calories. Yeah, yeah, right. And then you're watching how many calories you're burning when you're at the gym and you're like, I am fucking nowhere close to 750 <laughs> calories. Like, this is, come on. I, I don't think this thing's right. I'm like tapping it on the screen. Like really 40 calories. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a balancing act and, you know, it's a dance, right? It's, uh, you just got to make sure that you're, you know, you don't want to be too much of a deficit, if at all. So what's it like, uh, what's it like for your spouse through training and, uh, well, competition. it's, it's, it's yeah, I'm glad you it's a two way street, right? You know, so I did, I did Ironman in 2015. Uh, we got married. Uh, so Ironman was what, second week of September. We got married October 2nd of 2015. So it wasn't, you know, Iron Man, three weeks, wedding. Uh, and then she decided she was doing it in 2016, right? So she put up with my miserable ass for the first nine months leading up to our wedding. And then I got to put up with her. <laughs> I got to put up with her probably, I don't know, she probably started her work up maybe a little bit later than I did. Maybe January, maybe December or January. I think it was January. I think she waited to the New Year to clear before she started. Uh, but she's far more athletic than I am, so it makes sense. Um, and then, you know, so so December or January to, to September, I had to put up with her, right? It's challenging. You know, triathlon is an individual sport. It's you, yourself, and I that's out there. However, um, a support system uh, of some sort is necessary to get you through the minutia of the training and, and everything else that goes along with it, right? Well, what do I mean by that? Well, someone's got to take, you know, I come home from a 100-mile ride on a Sunday afternoon you think I want to clean the house or do the laundry or cook dinner or do whatever that has to be done around the house, whatever it may, you know, take the dog out for a walk. Hell no. I'm a, I'm in my, my legs are in an ice bath or I got them up and I don't want to move, you know? Well, that happens for, you know, six months. So, uh, it, it, it requires patience is probably the best way I could put it. Um, thankfully my wife is very patient. So, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, you know, someone's got to do the grocery shopping, you know, the, the grocery bill goes up exponentially because you're consuming more, you're training, you know, all that, all that stuff plays in, right? You can do it on your own. I know people that do it on their own. You know, they do the training. Uh, they're far more athletic than I am. They do the training and then they do all the ancillary stuff that has to be done just day-to-day -day life, Right. But when you have a, a you know a, a partner that that believes in what you're doing, uh, 
that supports you in what you're doing and uh, takes pride in, in, in what you're doing, it, it makes it maybe not all the way easier, but it makes it a little easier, right? Um, you know, she, it was sort of funny, you know, she saw what I went through in 2015. It was a great experience, had a nice, had a good race. And uh, so she knew what to expect from a training standpoint. And then I got to reciprocate that for her. So basically I took care of her from, from January to September in 2016 when she worked up to her race. Right. So it was, it was sort of a cool, it was sort of cool actually. And looking back on, I don't really think about it this way, but you know, it's just like, wow, it was sort of the role reversal, right. Within, you know, a year and a half. So, um, but it's, it's 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 not easy. It's it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, but you know, if 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 you can get on board and just you know basically let the person who's participating in the race do what they have to do and be understanding, and be flexible, uh, you know that's it'll, it'll go a long way, right? And uh, and you know it was sort of nice that Betsy got to experience the race side of it, and I got to experience doing tank everything around the house and do the ancillary life things while she trained um, because, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it was a cool experience, but you gotta, <laughs> it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a labor of love. Yeah. So yeah, on both sides, right. On both sides. You ever, uh, is there any competition amongst other racers or is it just literally you're competing against yourself always? Oh no. I mean, I mean, well, there's two classes, I in, in my opinion. There's participants, and then there's competitors, right? The competitors are vying for the Ironman World Championship spots, um, and there's different spots allotted among different age groups. Uh, uh, and then, and then there's sort of, you know, I I, I would consider myself, uh, I guess, a competitor, but I, I compete with myself, right? I'm not when I go to do a race such as such as Ironman. I, I really don't. I don't. I'm not trying to compete with my age group. I, I really don't care where the number li- the number lies. Um, I judge my performance based on the amount of work I've put in um, uh, versus uh, my performance on race day. So, to the amount of work and the body of work and the time that I put in over the previous nine months equal what I thought should have been an acceptable result. Uh, on race day, right? That's that's how I judge it. I don't really care one way or the other at the end of the day where I fall in the in in, in the rankings. It doesn't really pertain to me. It never really has. Um, you know, Ironman is a is a challenge for me. It's a um, it's it, it's 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 a grueling event uh, which demands um, it demands a lot of you. Uh, and uh, I I just want to make sure did I put out. Did I put out what I put in, you know? And uh, if those equal at the end of the day, I, I think that's a, that's a win. You mentioned ice baths. Is there anything else like specifically that you can say really, really like upped your game? Like, you know, the foam roller is a great tool. You ever get on a foam roller? Yeah, I hate it, but it's good. I, mean, I don't think anyone really enjoys a foam roller. The right? IT band on a foam roller will make you cry. I'll tell you what. Here, I, you know what? I, I just I just thought of something. I had IT bands issues in my first workup twenty twenty fifteen, and my wife was a was a runner in high school uh, for Andrean High School in Northwest Indiana, and a very proficient one. And I'm like, oh, Betsy, what do you got? 
She goes in the in the cabinet and gets a rolling pin, a wooden rolling pin that's got as much give as a piece of marble. And it rolls, and that's it. She rolled that across my IT band numerous times. I'm literally screaming, screaming. I had to get up. So when she would do it, I would, have, I would get a pillow so I could bite into the pillow because it hurt so bad. But let me tell you, afterwards, whew, no more IT band problems then. You know, that, that's awesome. The foam roller is has some give. Yeah. The wooden rolling pin, no give, no give, and that's the best thing for it. And we still have that rolling pin actually, and it's uh, you know, I have to have her use it on me soon because I got a little tightness here, but she'll have to get on there and start rolling out <laughs> like she's needing a piece of dough. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, but I think you know, and you know, I would recommend. If, if the person is mad at you, not have them do that at that time because they will get great pleasure. Fair point. And they will put and they will put some pressure on that rolling pin that Fair has point. no give on your IT band. So, but that, I, you know, the old ways work the best, right? The most, you know, the most basic ways uh, work. We sometimes work the best. So that was a that was a great you know piece of um, you know piece of uh, recovery that that she they, that she suggested and it and it worked. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't understand like the difference between the myofascial and the connections and how that works and gets tight and your your tendons don't actually have any blood flow. Your tendons right. just get blood flow from your muscles. Right. So if that, if your muscles are tight and you're not getting a lot of blood flow there, you're not getting nutrients to your tendons and that's right. screwing you right there. So I could definitely see that being an improvement. I have a competitive advantage too. You know, my, my wife is an occupational therapist. So, oh, so, so yeah. there it is. So, um, you know, but wow. ni- 90, 97% of her caseload is from, is, is, is she's specialized in upper extremity, right? So yeah. basically the fingertip to the shoulder is, is really where her, her, her patient load is. Um, however, you know, when you're, when you're in graduate school, you'll, you'll learn it all. Right. So, I mean, she, she knows her stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that definitely was a an added bonus, I think, to uh, making it through some of those just treacherous training days. When you have someone at, at your disposal in your own home who can help you work through some of those aches and pains that are nagging, uh, it makes it just a little bit easier. It doesn't really reassure me because I know they're going to come back because they don't go away overnight. But... Knowing that I have someone, you know, in in the inner circle that could help me, that that's that's key. That's 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 clutch, in my opinion. So we talk a lot about the physical on this, right? Like we, this is an iron. We're you're you're an Iron Man. Sure. We, we we talk about the physical, but how do you think that like your physical pursuits throughout training, throughout Iron Man, throughout the mindset has really helped in all the other aspects of your life? Well, like I said earlier. Um, it's it's changed my mentality on on life. Not to quit. Integrity, you know, honor, attention to detail are all things that I basically try to you know in, instill in myself every single day. It's and it's, it's I'm human. It's not easy. I fall down. I fall short of myself a lot. Right. Um, but the key is is to learn and move forward. So, um, you know. Uh, I've sort of dabbled in, in, in a heavier training load in the last probably two or three months. Uh, you know, COVID really, you know, really shut the world down. So basically it went from, you know, going to a gym and swimming, you know, basically um, not really doing much at all. Right. That was mentally taxing. Um, 
but uh, I never used to to meditate. I meditate probably 10 minutes every day. Um, I don't know if you'd call it meditation. Maybe I just, you know, I either just go to a quiet, quiet place in the house and just sort of reflect upon, you know, what's going on, what I want to happen. And, you know, maybe sort of think about something that I'm grateful for. Um, I, you know, I never used to do that at all. Really, never ever, you know, and it's just, um, I think, you know, some of my triathlon experiences and, and life experiences in general is, is, is sort of pointed me in that direction. You know, maybe I want to do more than just meditate, you know, you know, maybe just want to make sure that I'm sort of squared away you know, emotionally, uh, and, and mentally, uh, along with physically, right. I think the physical portion, especially for us guys comes naturally, you know, naturally anyone who's active and who works out and, who, you know, who aspires to be the best version of themselves, it's easy, right? It's the emotional and the mental side that, you know, we really don't like to publicize or talk about. And that's something that I, I got to work on. I'm admittedly weak in that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the lessons learned in triathlon, you know, and, and just in life, it will, will help me shape more of the, uh, you know, round me out as a person, you know, both, you know, mentally and, and emotionally. Um, um, and, you know, I'm Christian, so you know, I, I believe in God, you know, praying to is, is something that I'll, that I'll do. I'm driving around or if, you know, if I'm in an airport waiting for a flight or something, just, you know, sort of close my eyes off in a corner somewhere and just sort of reflect and, and, and try to relax because life is hectic. You know, it's, 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 it's a meat grinder sometimes. So I think it's, it's important to check in and, um, I mean, and make sure that, uh, that you're squared away. Yeah, I totally agree. And with all the physical training and the, and everything is you're, that is setting a precedence for everything else in life. And I've definitely noticed that throughout the last 10 years is it's, it sets the precedence. Mm -hmm. it, it's not necessarily doing bicep curls or bench press or running five miles is going to make me a better husband or a better father or right. a better worker. But what it does is it sets the precedence for me to put in the work mm -hmm. because all of those things involve doing things that aren't natural or doing things that don't necessarily come to you right away. So it's, it's, the attention to detail at work, the attention to detail at home. It's doing the things with your kids instead of sitting at home on your fucking phone, right? It's like, it's it's doing the things that don't necessarily come naturally, but need to be done. And I, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you, uh, you know, you, you and Martin are, are both uh, our, our fathers and uh, I think you guys can really relate to, you know, we don't, we don't have kids yet. My wife and I, uh, hopefully that'll change soon. Um, you yeah, know, a fur kid though. What, we have a fur, yeah, we have a fur <laughs> kid, you know, yeah, we treat him like a kid. He's, you know, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's our pride and joy, but, um, you know, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, that'll be a, you know, an eye opening experience, fatherhood, right. Uh, hopefully I, I get to be a father, uh, one day sooner rather than later. And I think that's something that I would thoroughly enjoy. And I think that's, you know, uh, um, you know, a, a whole, you know, different set of, you know, emotions and, and mentality and, and, and everything else that goes along with that. But, um, you know, you know, timing with family is important. I think you guys would, 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 would agree with me wholeheartedly on that. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully that's something that, you know, we can, you know, that I can like experience soon. Uh, cause it sounds like, you know, I, from listening to your other podcast, you know, you guys will talk about your 
you know, about your kids occasionally. And, um, you know, I have a nephew who's 13 years old, so I can relate somewhat from a distance, right, of what you guys are saying. And it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a common thing. You know, it's the common, the common issues that always come up and how you address them and how you think about them and how you feel about them. So I'll say one of the biggest internal battles as a father is – that's your, that's, that's your human, that's your little human being. Right. right? And, right. And, that, and and you are 100% responsible for that little human being. Well, 50% with your wife, whatever mm-hmm. you and her are, are 100% responsible for that little human being. So you want them to have a great life and you want them to become these amazing individuals and you want them to be happy and successful and you want them to go to sleep at night knowing that they're loved. And one of the, th- the big issues today, I think, is that people think that to do that, you need to nerf the world for your kids and you need to help them or do challenges for them. And that's that's one of the biggest challenges for me as a parent has been learning to let them fail and learning to let them struggle and learning to allow them to deal with difficult people so that they learn how to deal with difficult people. I mean, how many times did you growing up, did you know that one kid whose mom would come chew the ass of the teacher because the teacher maybe didn't treat that kid perfect. Right. 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 And like that, that the problem there, we all want to do that. We really do like in your heart and in your mind, you want to like take your kid and you want to put him in this fucking bubble and you want him to be like, I'm, I'm going to make everything so good for you. (laughs) But by doing that, they never develop into the amazing blossoming flower that they can become. And I mean, if you think about like the coolest people in your life that, that, you know, like they've gone through some shit Oh yeah, and, and, and they've come out the backside better, even though it was a really dark time. And that's hard as a parent. That's really hard to get your hands around as right. a parent. I, I can will ima- say it. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, 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 I won't get into it, but yeah, my, my, you know, my, you know it's, I've seen it time and time again, right? It's been with with different family members, um, even sometimes with my nephew. You know, they're you know they're 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 in they're in the weeds, right? They have, you know, but it's better for them to sort of, especially as they get older. I think maybe yeah. in the teenage years, to to start to navigate some of the more you know, waters, the uncharted waters, on their own. You know, um, but. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, so uh, it, it's, it's gotta be fun to watch though. You know, as hard as it is for them to sort of sit back and, and sort of, you know, experience the failures, experience the successes too. Right. Cause you know, they're, they're not all failures. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of successes that are, that are tumbled in there with each other. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's gotta be a cool experience. And the, and, and like we talked about in one of the earlier podcasts, the, the developing the growth mindset and the, the, it, the L like Martin always says that the L isn't loss in the win loss column. The L is learn. Mm-hmm. And if you learn from something from it, it's not a loss. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, watching you the last, you know, 10, 11 years, it's, um, it's kind of like what we want for our kids. I mean, when you're not trying to create hell for them, but they have to also learn to create, you know, their own know difficulties and watching you grow the last decade you know how that physically exerting yourself but also you know mentally how that's changed you um i mean that's i think a good pattern for you know what our our kids should be going through absolutely and i I think it teaches them to be well-rounded you know productive members of of a community or 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 society or if you want to say but um, you know, and, and, and everything that I, you know, what I stress too is, is what I've really taken upon myself, especially over the last, you know, 20 to 25 months since COVID, you know, has started and, and, and everyone is on edge. You know, I, 
I, I've taken the position where I think you should be an active participant in someone else's success, right? What do I mean by that? I mean, someone gets a promotion, call them up. Hey, let's go out for dinner. Let's go out for coffee. Or, um, you know, if someone makes a big sale, hey, congratulations, you know, can I, can, I t- can I take you out to lunch and not only congratulate you, but how did you do it? You know, maybe I can learn something from you or whatever, you know, um, you know, someone, uh, you know, uh, beats cancer. They walk out of the hospital, their last chemo treatment, you know, go take go take them to dinner, you know, be there, support them. Um, I, I think if you're an active participant in, in other people's success, not only uh, does it show that you really genuinely care about those folks, you also you know, can learn something, right? And you always have to be learning. I mean, the learning never ends, ever. Um, so, um, you know, I, I've really taken that approach and uh, hopefully, um, you know, the, the people that, you know, that I've reached out to uh, will are appreciative and, uh, and, and notice that it's, it's, it's not all about us, right? And that's very, very, very hard to get away from uh, on a day-to-day basis because we're so focused on us and trying to goof, go forward and move and, and, and either get a promotion or get paid more money or, or we want to be here, we want to be there, that we sort of lose sight and the tunnel vision really you know, takes shape and we have to get around that um, and, and basically see what's going on around us too. Don't, you know, don't be so busy living your own life that you don't take interest in others and what they're doing and what they're accomplishing because there's a lot of people out there accomplishing great things and I think it's I think it's important that you should that you should uh, take note and and recognize those folks for that and that's something I got to be better at too and that's something I'm starting to do a lot more that's for sure I love that um I think we're at we're at an hour four so I think we're good um I want to thank you so much thanks Martin for bringing Eric on and introducing me. It's, it's been awesome. I've, I've watched Ironmans and I've ran 10 miles, but, um, I've never met somebody that, that is finished. So oh, well, it's awesome I, to get I, in I, your mind. I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, I think the world of Martin, he, he knows that it's been a, an honor and a pleasure meeting you today. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I'll keep doing what you guys are doing. You guys have a fantastic podcast. Uh, I tune in, uh, whether I'm traveling, uh, or not. Um, it's, uh, they're very informative. I've learned a lot of things. So, um, you know, and that's, I think that's your ultimate goal, right? You're providing a, 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 a set of perspectives to, to folks, uh, for them to sort of make their own decisions yeah. and create their own path. And yep. I think it's great. And, uh, I really want to, you know, uh, uh, extend uh, my sincerest thanks for, for having me on. Uh, hopefully the listeners have learned a, a few things of what's helped me the last 10 or 11 years. And, uh, um, I really appreciate it guys. So thank you very much. On Wisconsin. Wisconsin.